You just get out right now. Leave. Nobody wants you around here. Okay? Listen, that's there's too much there's just you know what? There's too much alcohol at this party. Yeah. Right. You know what? I've had too there's much good too food. Many, there's too many nachos on this table. That brisket that brisket's Why are too so juicy. Many nachos. I don't, I don't need that. That tater tot. Gosh, how is that just a mound of tater tots? There's too there's too many tater tots on that plate. Did you fry all this food? Right. Like those are things that you probably said if you think there's too many bowl games. Actually, the the shrugs that I did carrying buckets of vomit outside mm-hmm. was exhausting. Just taking a dump on Nick Saban's coffee table. Welcome to Talking Dogs. I'm Clint. And I'm Daniel. And we're two guys who love UGA sports. One of us is from the South. And one of us is from the West Coast. One of us is a lifelong Georgia fan. One is a more recent convert. But we both share a borderline obsessive, often ridiculous desire to see UGA succeed just like you do. This podcast is a place to talk about the dogs the way you would at a tailgate, in your backyard, or over a drink with your friends. Are we insiders? Nah. Do we have lofty recruiting connections? Nope. We are just two guys who love talking about the dogs, so let's talk. Hello and welcome to episode 44 of the Talking Dogs podcast. I am Daniel. And I'm Clint. We're back, Clint. Back in front of the microphone. Feels good. Does it feel good? Feels good. Feels good. Feels right. Yeah. Had a bit Had a bit of a layoff, you might have noticed. Um, we... I, should we start this episode with a formal apology to you, the listeners? I think we are. I feel like feel like we're doing that right now. Um, we're back. We needed a little bit of time to heal both emotionally and physically from the uh, from all of the wounds that we endured in both watching football and talking about football and punching walls. Yeah. Um, so actually, the the shrugs that I did. Carrying buckets of vomit outside mm-hmm. was exhausting. It's a lot. It's really a lot. But we're back. Um, we've got a fresh perspective. Mm-hmm. It's it's the off season now. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got a bowl game coming up, which is fine and exciting. Uh, it's we're right in the thick of basketball season. We are, which is exciting. It's recruiting season, which is exciting. Early signing period is coming up, or should I say the first signing period is coming up days away. There's a lot. There's a lot of things happening. There's yep. plenty for us to talk about. So we had a little pre, a little pre-production meeting with our executive producer, intern Michael, statistician Michael, and uh, here's what we came up with. Uh, we are, for the rest of the year, for the rest of 2018, we're going to be with you guys every week, once a week on Thursdays. So, uh, we will get an episode recorded either Tuesday or Wednesday. We'll get it out to you no later than Thursday. And, um, we'll do that every week through the season or through the rest of this year. Uh, and then as college, uh, hoops season really starts to pick up, uh, and gain some steam in conference play in January, and February and March, um, and we get closer to spring football. Uh, we will, we'll possibly sprinkle in a few extra episodes, maybe go back to twice a week then. But, uh, want you guys to know when to expect us. Uh, no more, no more week and a half layoffs. Uh, we'll be here every Thursday, including 
couple days after Christmas. So uh, plan on subscribing, downloading, listening, and getting your fix mm-hmm. of Georgia football. Uh, we need to talk about it. That's what our therapist says. And you yeah. need to listen to it. That's just so that you don't annoy your wife yep. or husband or whoever else it is in your life anymore. Look, with it. look so. people, you need an outlet. We are that outlet. Uh, and actually, I hope you're picking up on that. We're, we're outletting to you right now. This is Daniel's right. healthy therapy. So That's right. This is what this is what we all need. So today, Clint, there is a lot to get to. Again, we appreciate you being with us. Appreciate you leaving us a rating, review, subscribing, downloading the podcast, sharing it with your friends, all those things. There's a lot to get to today. Mm-hmm. Uh, <clears throat> we need to talk recruiting a little bit. We need to talk hoops yep. a little bit. Biggest game of the season coming up on Saturday for. The uh, hoop dogs and um, and then Clint, believe it or not, it's Thursday. Yeah, and we need to get some locks because we need to get the people some locks. Because while football is almost certainly dead uh, until the Sugar Bowl, to a lot of our hearts, the fact is there's still money to be had out there, Daniel. And so there's games this Saturday. Yep. And so if there's games on Saturday, Clint, you better believe there's locks on Thursday. Mm-hmm. And so. We're going to give those out for the people at the end of the podcast. Where do you want to start a conversation today, though, Clint? I only have one thing to talk about to begin. I have many things to talk about, but one thing to begin to talk about, Daniel, and that is uh, the giant, giant middle finger that we just gave Nick Saban as we did donuts on his front lawn and tore out of town with the number one center in the entire nation as we are welcoming him within a week and a half onto campus, Daniel. And that is Clay Webb, the recruiting trophy that we got this last week. How many football players, according to major recruiting services, live in the state of Alabama that are seniors in high school are better than Clay Webb? Uh, Clint, how many? Pretty. If you had to ballpark it, pretty short list, I think. Maybe, yeah. maybe none. It's it's zero. Yeah. It's the answer is zero. Best player in the state of Alabama, third time since Nick Saban has been the coach at Alabama that the best player in the state of Alabama has left. Second time in two years. Past two years, best player in Alabama said, yeah. "Nah, he I'm gone. good. He gone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he gone." Uh, guys, listen, it hurts, and it. And so, well, let's acknowledge what's true. Is this is this the consolation prize of consolation prizes? Yes, it is. Sure. Is this the runner-up trophy of runner-up trophies? Yes. Okay, so let's not get too carried away. They won the game that matters. We won this one player. But recruiting matters. Recruiting matters, people. <clears throat> recruiting matters, and uh, the more of these you win. Mm-hmm. The sooner that tide, metaphorically and literally, turns, and uh, and you're looking at a new college football powerhouse. Uh, so there's work left to be done. There's recruiting work left to be done. But Clay Webb is certainly a. What is Sam Pittman doing? I Clint, look. I don't know what. There you, was a minute where we where people wanted to talk about Dell McGee. 
as being like the greatest recruit in the history of football, that's fine. And Del McGee, you know what? Kudos to you. Hope you stay at Georgia forever. But who is Sam Pittman? A couple who things. Who is he? A couple things I want to touch on real quick. Uh, normally, I would say a grown man waving pom poms in celebration, not the best look. But Sam, you keep doing you, man. I, I'm wrong. You're if, right. If, if listen, if Sam Pittman is wrong. I don't want to be right. Amen. That's not, that's what that's what we're all saying. That's what we're all saying. Yeah. Secondly, Daniel, can you can you say I, Sam Pittman is the exception to the rule that tells me nothing good has ever come from the University of Tennessee? Yeah, absolutely, he is the exception that's, to the rule because sadly, in his history, he worked for that that horrible orange school, and yet that's right. Good golly. Sam, I, I don't know how you trudged your way out of that crap hole, but good for you for doing it. I, well, I know how, just based upon sure grit, determination, and skill, because right. you're a different level of recruiter. It's insane. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's 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 nuts. It's nuts. Uh, it's great to see Kirby back out doing what Kirby does, uh, which is just pillage five-star recruits. Uh, from just anywhere he darn well pleases. Throw a dart at the map just, because he can go into that state. And so you them. want one from New York City? Sure. Okay, I'll get you one from New York City. You you want one from Philadelphia? Okay, I'll get you one from Philadelphia. Sure. You want one from Texas? Let's get one from Texas. Florida? Let's get you one from Florida. Alabama? Let's go ahead and get out and get there. Get one from Alabama. But Daniel, I I thought that was impossible to go into Nick Saban's state and take the best player. And remove him. Not only the best player, not not only the best player, a player at a prime position that Alabama prides itself on having, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. just grinding, huge, mauling men at the position. We we said it used to be. It used to be impossible, Clint. It used to it be. It used to be impossible. Do you know why it used to be impossible? Was that because Nick Saban had this had this uh, had this minion? Mm. whose name was Kirby Smart, who mm. did all his bidding. Mm-hmm. And that guy kept everyone else from coming into his backyard and stealing all of his toys. But see, now it turns out that that guy's not there anymore. It turns out that when people were so so mad, remember this story when Kirby left Alabama, he took a picture of the recruiting board? <laughs> remember how everybody was mm-hmm. up in arms, how, how yeah. much of a cheating thing that was? It turns out that um, when something is your possession – it's not yeah, theft. You own. you own it. You own it. Yeah, you own it. Right. Um, four or five stars, according to 24-7, already for the 2019 class. That's four out of 19 commits. Clint, you understand? Let me just – let me just – we're number two in the country. Alabama is number one. Do you know how many commits Alabama has? Oh, they got to have like 24 – 24. Yeah. They have five more commits than us. They have two five-stars of those 24 commits. Uh, we're coming. We're coming for the number one class again. Okay? There's meat on the bone. Mm-hmm. And listen, we got to go get it. We got to go get Nicobe Dean and Jaden Hazelwood. We got to get him back in the fold. There's there's work to be done. And we're not, we're not the guys that are going to get you too deep in the weeds. Listen, we know. We said this from the from the get-go. We say it 
every week on the intro to the show. Like, we're not the guys that you should listen to for recruiting insight. Roddy's got we're you. Go, guys, go on his Twitter. He's got you. We're the guys that you should listen to if you want to know how to appropriately piss on Nick Saban when we steal a recruit from his backyard. That sounds exactly that's, like something we could do. That's where we specialize. Okay, now people... He's just taking a dump on Nick Saban's coffee table. And gosh, walking away. gosh, by the way, how good does it feel? Daniel, just after that dump and you left, how good does that feel? It feels light. You know, I feel light. I feel. I don't want to get too. I don't want to get too deep into it. But I mean, you you all know how that feels. It's a it's a yeah. cathartic dumping that we had way back when. Mm. This is a much just different whole new meaning. Whole, whole new, new meaning. meaning. Yeah. Um, no, Daniel. Here's. I want to take a moment. I want to talk about. If you don't think this is a big deal, it's a big deal. And here's why. For, it is. For multiple fronts. So if you, as Georgia fan or college football fan, say, oh, come on, guys. We've had five-star. We've been down this road before. No, let me tell you why it's different. One, uh, it's different because it's adding to our team a place that, Daniel, uh, what was historically some place in Georgia's history that has been lackluster to say the best positionally-wise on our team? Have we have we had the A.J. Greens? The Staffords, the Nick Chubbs, the Todd Gurleys. Have we had skill position players in droves? In droves. Okay. What have we lacked, really? That, that dare I say, Tyler Catalina was an answer to a couple of years ago. Not great. Uh, yeah, we've had great offensive linemen. We've just lacked uh, five. You know, we've lacked the unit. We've lacked multiple elite offensive linemen. You know, you always see guys. There's plenty of offensive linemen. You know, you Cordy, you Cordy Glenn's of the world. There's, there's plenty of offensive linemen that have come through Georgia uh, who have been great. Not good, but great. Yes. But, we, but the unit has always been pretty pretty pieced together. And so this is... This is big. Are we, gonna have, are we going to have to piece together an offensive line in the next three to four years, Daniel? Where are they all going to go, Clint? Where are they going to go? It's unbelievable. It's unbelievable, guys. If you look at just put together just put together a list of Georgia's next year, their current offensive linemen. Correct. It's unbelievable. It's like nothing I've ever seen before. No, I haven't seen this. So um, that's reason number one this is big, because Sam Pittman and Kirby Smart are bringing a new addition to the culture of Georgia while keeping... Do you have more than one reason? Uh, I got another big reason. You got more? Yeah. Just more reasons for the people. Goodness. All right. Well, hit me with another reason, because I'm only mildly convinced. Nick Saban's losing, people. Nick Saban is losing. And if you don't get this, look... Okay. Look at what it took to get Nick Saban to where he's at and and to sustain it, okay? It took smoke and mirrors on a lot of different fronts. Did he recruit well in the state of Alabama? Yes. Did he make these things? Yes. But we have chronicled the amazing the amazingness of help he's getting from organizationally, how last year the committee had the same exact argument for putting Alabama into the playoffs. As this year, they they disregarded last year to keep us out. So right. there's that. There's the referees. There's all that crud. Guys, 
he's starting to lose, and we are clawing and scratching it away from him. If you don't think it's a big deal, we went into Alabama and took the number one player in the state at a position that he loves. You are fooling yourself. We're adding to us and taking away from our biggest rival. I don't care what you say about Florida or anything else. Alabama's our biggest rival right now. Uh, because we They're our biggest competition. Biggest competition. There we go. That's, that's a much better way of saying it. Uh, yeah. This is huge. Okay, Daniel. Now I'm done. <laughs> Um, let me ask a quick question. It's a recruiting question, then we're going to get off recruiting. Okay. Um, I'm going to name some schools, and we're going to play a game. Oh, fun. The, the name of this game is, what do these schools have in common? Oh. Okay. okay. You ready? Okay. All right. Alabama, Georgia, Texas A&M, LSU. You with me so far? With you so far. Auburn. Wow. Tennessee, Mississippi State, with me still? Still with you. Arkansas. Okay. And Old Miss. Now, Clint, I defy you to tell me what all of those schools have in common. Uh, we all have to hear Gary Danielson on Saturday at some point during the season. That's, that's a tremendous guess. We are all part of the same conference. All of Daniel. those schools, all of those schools, all part of the SEC that I just named. Let me recap them for you: Old Miss, Arkansas, Mississippi State, Tennessee, Auburn, uh, LSU, Texas A&M, Georgia, Alabama. They're all ranked ahead of Florida in recruiting. <laughs> you stop. No, I won't stop. Not they are all Ole Miss. You said Ole Miss. Of Dan Mullen. That's correct. Dan Mullen, who's going to save Florida. Uh, Ole Miss, Arkansas, Mississippi State. Joe Moorhead, who's never lived within 200 miles of the South in his entire life, right. just brought his Midwestern accent down here. And said, I guess I can recruit in Mississippi. Sure. All right. So you're telling me a damn Yankee is down here taking the boys away from you, Mullen? Just taking boys away from Florida. Florida, the powerhouse of the SEC. Oh, yeah. Cut. The juggernaut. Oh, yeah. Jeremy Pruitt is out there out-recruiting Dan Mullen. Oh. Okay. That's the situation down in Gainesville right now. That's where we're at and, down in Gainesville. And, and, all, and all the people said amen, Daniel. Amen to that. All right, that's enough all right. recruiting talk uh, for today. Daniel, I want to I go somewhere else uh, now. All right. Daniel, simple question for all the dog fans. We know Mel Tucker is off to Colorado. Does that stay? That's right. We, we, we wish him well. We wish yeah. him well. It's, it's it stings big time. It sting. He's a uh, good guys. He is a fantastic coach. He was lockstep with Kirby. Uh, he was a great, great guy on the staff. Great recruiter. D don't don't mitigate this or try to mitigate it by saying it's not a big loss. It's a big loss. It's a big loss, but it's but it's a it's an what I call an acceptable loss. Oh, hundred. Oh, it's a, we should expect this to happen <clears throat> because um, because we've had. We've had great defenses. Specifically, we've 
have, I mean, you look at a guy like DeAndre Baker, who just one last formal apology from all of us here at Talking Dogs podcast. We laughed at the notion that DeAndre Baker, the best cornerback in college football, voted on by an objective panel of people who do nothing but determine the best cornerback in college football. Uh, we laughed at the notion that he could ever be a lockdown corner. Uh, and that's, that's who coaches the secondary, Clint? Who's that guy? What's oh, that, his name? Oh, that guy. Yeah, his name is Mel Tucker. Oh. So, um, listen, uh, it hurts, but it's an acceptable loss, and it brings us to a conversation that's, that's honestly kind of exciting to have. Because whoever comes in here, can we say, can we get this on the table? Whoever comes in here at defensive coordinator, it's like, what am I going to compare it to? It's like going to Oklahoma and becoming the offensive coordinator. You know what I'm saying? Like, is it a big job? Yes. Is it a lot of responsibility? Yes. Do you need to be a good coach? Yes. Do you need to be able to recruit? Yes. But really, at the end of the day, who's running the show? It's. I think we can feel confident that whoever Kirby hires, it's going to be because that's who Kirby wants to hire, and Kirby's going to be just fine yep. at this point in the game. Uh, how so, just... Just next defensive coordinator. Uh, look at your look at your bullets. You got to spend. Look at the guys coming back. Look at the youth. Look at the excitement. Goodness gracious! I I I have no idea how you look at this and see in any way. This is not a rebuild. This is not a let's start up from the ground floor. This is a we're sprinting. We want you to join us on our sprint and push us the extra little bit to get across the finish line. Uh, come have fun. That, that's all this yeah. position is. And we need someone smart and tough and can handle the pressure. But, oh, my word, Daniel. This yeah. is a dream job for somebody. Dream job from somebody. No, it's absolutely. Uh, so, this is absolutely. So I want to ask you, uh, who should be the next DC at uh, at Georgia? To me, it's the, the it's Derek Ansley is the obvious choice. It's it's the and it's not. I'm not selling you anything new. Likely, dog fans, if you're plugged into this search, um, he's the guy that you gotta go and just you gotta go make it happen. You gotta go get him, whatever it takes to get him. Uh, listen, he's worked with Kirby at Alabama. He's a great recruiter. He's young. He's up and coming. He's on the rise. He's gonna connect well with. Uh, young people, and um, and this is an upgrade, right? The Oakland Raiders defensive backs coach oh, to University of Georgia defensive coordinator. That's a that's a that, this is a job he should want to take. Yep. Because freak a power five program that's won national championships just employed our last defensive coordinator. We're are we aware of that? Yep. That's a program with natties. On the board, recent recent natties. I mean, not that's a power five program that's gone all the way. Just gave our last defensive coordinator a job, and you're the Oakland Raiders defensive backs coach working for a mentally checked out John Gruden. Uh, yeah, this is a move you should want, right? Like this is easily. We got to go get this guy. We have to go that's get my, him. That's my opinion. Um, Derek needs to come be the DC because it's in his best interest and our best interest. Uh, Oakland, hey, look, I, I used to live in California. Uh, you don't want to live near Oakland, people. Nah. No, no, no thanks. I know you're going to Vegas. I thought you were just, just going to leave it at 
in California. I thought you were just going <laughs> you don't want to live in in California. Uh, by the way, I, I know I know uh, Southerners call uh, those folk up north Yankees. What what do they call West Coast people? Because they I mean, just try not to call them. Yeah. They just it's made, they make every effort to just never call them. <laughs> All right, so, fair enough. Fair enough. That's really. Uh, I know they're going to Vegas, but uh, to your point, man, this is an upgrade, a position in prominence. This is a springboard. Uh, we should want Derek for these reasons. He's worked at Alabama. Mm-hmm. He's worked with Kirby. He's recruited the South. He has coached uh, young men, both collegially and in the NFL. He, he knows the SEC very well. He's worked at uh, Kentucky as well, so he knows a landscape more than just. I don't know. You just said, Daniel, we just got a D.C. who had the best secondary, who coached secondary. He's a, he's a defensive backs coach. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, this is That's a, per- it's a perfect fit. It's the perfect fit. Stop the search, go ask him what his check is, and have the A.D., Write it out for that amount. We'll make it back next year when we make the college football playoff and we get that nice little, nice little bump in, uh, in revenue. Correct. All right. So that is defensive coordinator. That is recruiting. Uh, before we get into our locks, let's get, uh, let's get into hoops mm-hmm. a little bit. Uh, we're obviously looking ahead to the Arizona State game. Just in case you don't know, uh, speaking of hoops and locks, back-to-back, in case you don't know how college basketball betting works, it's a little different than college football betting. And so we're still trying to work the kinks out. If you have any suggestions for us, we would love for you to let us know your suggestions at uh, Dogs Podcast on Twitter. Especially if you're Um, a handicapper. Like, if you're listening to this and you, you handicap games, if you keep book, and you think you yeah. can guess the line on something real quick? We'd yeah. love to talk to you. Because college basketball lines are not generally released until the day of the game or the night before the game, which makes predicting, picking any college basketball games, much less Georgia basketball games, against the spread difficult. So we're still trying to work around that. Like I said, if you have any suggestions. Uh, we're going to talk about the, air, the game against Arizona State before – we do that, Clint. Um, your Georgia basketball team has played eight games. Mm-hmm. They are five and three. What are your thoughts and opinions uh, at this point in the season? Uh, here's here's just my short and sweet assessment. Uh, this team is fun. We have players that are fun. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We have a coach who is fun. But, Daniel, we bad. You're saying the word fun a lot. Yeah, I'm saying the word fun a lot. Just can't help but notice. Can't help but notice. Like you said, what is is similar in all my assessments so far? Uh Uh-huh. Daniel, we're fun, but uh, we ain't ain't that good. We said it was going to be a rough year. Um, It has been a rough year. Mm -hmm. I think, I, I mean, a rough year is... Here's the problem that I have. You know, there's really no, we're five and three. There's really no shade in any of our losses. Georgia State is a very, it's a very good team. Um, Georgia State's a good team. 
Okay, that game hurts because of Georgia. That's a good team. Uh, we lost at Temple. We put up a fight, uh, a ranked team, uh, who's a good basketball team. Because, again, I don't think there's any shame in losing the games. But we got blown out. And every bad team that we played this year, we've blown out. Two more bad teams on the schedule. On the schedule, there's some teams that are maybe decent. I just hoped this team could do yeah. this year was kind of rise up, score a bunch of points. Yeah, I still think <laughs> you know there's four non-conference games left. Uh-huh. Saturday against Arizona State. I think so. This is my big takeaway. Uh, once we get past Arizona State. We got Oakland at home, we got Georgia Tech on the road, and we got UMass at home. Those two wins should be fairly secure there with Oakland and UMass at home. And then we got Georgia Tech on the road. And, um, gosh, we need to win that game. Have to. Just, Georgia, Georgia Tech's not any good. Uh, they haven't been good at basketball for, for a while. They're not any good. Uh, we need to win that game. If we win that game, assuming we lose to Arizona State, that puts us at eight and four going into conference play. I still don't think five hundred is possible. No. Um, but but at least it gives us a shot to go in and not, you know, I mean, at least you feel like we're gonna win more than ten games this year if we're eight and four going into conference yeah. play. Yeah. We just need something. We just need a season to build on. We do. Um, so Daniel, and, and we're and we're seeing things. We're seeing building blocks. But you look at Crump and Fagan and obviously Claxton Hammonds. You look at the way those guys are playing, and you feel like, yeah, there's, these are guys that next year could be big time players. They really could be. Fagan could be a guy that really grows into a player. You add Hightower into the mix. I think one two punch with Hightower and Fagan as they continue to grow and develop, could be good. We obviously have some guys coming in, some some recruits uh, coming in as well that hopefully will push for playing time next year and change the dynamic, dynamic of our team. But, but that's what you have to see. We wondered, I was personally a little skeptical of all the rhetoric around how Nick Claxton was going to thrive in Tom Crean's system, and mm-hmm. it was just going to be this magic pill that made him great at basketball all of a sudden. But my word, it's it is an emergence of this guy. This guy has oh, yeah. has burst onto the scene to the point that I'm gonna be totally honest. I had the thought for the first time the other day, man, I hope Nick Clarkson doesn't go pro after this year. And I would have never said that. Yeah. Before the season started to be. There's definitely I think this team has got a chance to be uh this team has got a chance to gel faster than others have. But you look at, just look at Tom Crean's situation at Indiana where he came into an absolute dumpster fire. Yeah. And in 2008, that team went 6 and 25. In 2009, that team went 10 and 21. In 2010, that team went 12 and 20. Mm-hmm. And then in 2011, they went 27 and 9 and made it to the Sweet 16. Okay, so uh, here's, what, here's my point in that, is that when things come together and you get the right personnel in place in this system, you get the right people in the right places that really get it, mm-hmm. you 
you got a team that can all of a sudden they can do something and yeah. and we've got guys of of some talent uh that can that can potentially get that done so i'm anxious to see how the rest of the season goes i think it's all building blocks i want us to i really would love us to keep this game close against arizona state like i said we don't have a line right now so we can't give you a lock but um but if we could keep this game inside of six i would love to say i'm not necessarily saying we will but if we i think that would be a huge win for this team oh for sure so yeah home game keep it if we can keep it close because frankly arizona state is the best team we've played all year they're better than clemson oh yeah and if every decent team we played this year to to our point has blown us out so if we could we could keep it close that'd be huge uh, all right daniel it is our thursday we got bowl games coming up We've, speaking of locks. Speaking of locks, let's, let's get some get lo- let's get some locks. Let's travel back to the the gridiron. Let's get off the hardwood, go to the gridiron. Uh Daniel, right, there are six games on Saturday. Yeah. And then there's one game on Tuesday, there's one game on Wednesday. And so that's a total of eight potential games. We'll be back with you again, as we said, next Thursday. And we will give you our locks for the next week of bowls. So there are eight potential games to choose from. Uh, how many how many logs are you throwing on the fire today, Clint? How many how many do you have for the people? I got three logs to throw on the fire, and uh, I will surely add probably two more. Uh, I got <laughs> I got three game locks with the lines, and of those three, I'll probably take two of them on the over under uh, once I see where the final lie settles. Wow. All right. Well, I'm gonna let you I'm gonna let you kick things off then. Uh, this is the I insta-betted this the second I found out about the line. Utah State given 7.5. Guys, North Texas, cool story, big green machine. I'm taking Utah State and uh, lock it up. I love Utah State. You've loved Utah State all year. You've been all over them. You know who's coming in to coach Utah State, though? Yeah. Do you know this? Oh, I do know. Your boy from up in Oregon. Uh Uh-huh. Old Gary Anderson. Um, uh, Utah State's going to roll past north texas i like a minus seven and a half as well i'm gonna go i'm gonna go to another this could be a trendy i'm I'm gonna be on the public side of this i feel like but i just i feel like there's just too much love here um because fresno state's been a great story this year and they have made just to be fair to be fair we never came back and recap this okay because they killed me on the blue turf against Boise, but then they went back up to Boise What'd in that do? championship game, and do? I picked them, and they covered that darn spread. They took care of business, Danny. They took care of business. Good on them. Uh, so Fresno State has has made me a little bit of money uh-huh. this year. I'm not mad at them, but listen, the fight in Herm Edwards are gonna. Arizona State is catching four and a half points against Fresno State, and I just think. Uh, there's just a little too much Arizona State in this game. It's it's scary as all get out in a bowl game to bet on the Power Five school against the little up and coming because that's because Fresno State is going to be Ooh, ready. They're going to be scrappy. They're going they're going to be ready. Fresno State wants to be in the Pac-12. They want to show everyone that they should be in the Pac-12. So 
But still, I just think there's too much. Is Harry going to play in that game? I was just going to ask you. I don't think he is. And here's what this game is going to hinge on. The big question mark to me is the QB play for Arizona State. Daniel, I, I'm, not, I'm fading on Fresno State here. It means that one of my three games is taking Arizona State with you. All right. Give me Herm. Well, Herm's plus four and a half. Uh, all right, what else you got on the board? One last game. San Diego State, uh, they're going to keep this game close. And three points is exactly where I want to be with this game. Uh, it's just kind of a boring boring locks episode because I'm right there. I'm right there with you. I, I do think San Diego State will be the best team that Ohio beats this year if they beat them. And so the fact that Ohio's favored against them – yeah, it makes me pause. So give me San Diego State plus the three um, bowl game underdogs are always a fun time. Always fun, Daniel. Always. And I've got two. I've got two of them in my three locks. Yep. Uh, so that's all I've got in terms of my slate. You want to throw anything else on the uh, on the fire while it's while it's burning? Uh, no, no, I'm not taking that bait. <laughs> okay, Clint. Okay, Clint. Look for a tweet from Clint. Uh, within the next 24 hours, where he just tries to supplement a lock uh, that he didn't guarantee, he didn't get on guarantees. This <laughs> uh, all right, we will be back again next Thursday. Um, we'll have locks for the following week of bowl games, which will include big time matchups Ooh. like Marshall against South Florida, Ooh. Florida International against Toledo, Come on. BYU against Western Michigan, Wake Forest. Against Memphis. Gosh. Hey. How can you not how can you not love bowl season? Daniel, but those those kids are getting goodie bags at all those games. Okay. Let me let me just tell you this. If you have ever said the words there are too many bowl games, get out. You just get out right now. Leave. Nobody wants you around here. Okay? Listen, that's there's too much there's just you know what? There's too much alcohol at this party. Yeah. Right. You know what? I've had too there's much good too food. Many, there's too many nachos on this table. That brisket. There, that brisket's too so juicy. Many nachos. I don't, I don't need that. That tater tot. Gosh, how, is that just a mound of tater tots? There's too. There's too many tater tots on that plate. Did you fry all this food? Right. Like those are things that you probably say if you think there's too many bowl games. Correct. Just get out. Because if you're not going to be posted up on your couch watching Wake Forest in Memphis, I'm sorry about what's happening in your life. Hand, hand raise high as guy right here who'll be doing so. And I guarantee you, I guarantee you my kids will ask me every single day, Dad, is it Saturday? Yes. Dad, Dad, it's not Saturday, is it? What, what day of the week is it? And, you, and you'll say, son, every day is Saturday. It's bowl season. Welcome to December college football. Yep. Yep. I thought you were going to say your kids were going to ask you because this is what my kids are going to ask me, Dad. Who are we cheering for in this game? Oh. And and we'll say, we don't care, son. It's a bowl game. It's, yeah. just, a, it's just a bowl game. This is my We're favorite part because I do. I, my, I'll tell my kids uh, the mascot, the, the city that they're from, and I'll say, which one do you guys want to cheer for? And we'll usually come up with an agreement. And then the rest of the game is just gloriousness because we just get to cheer our hearts out for that team. For We get to rent them for three hours. It's great. Absolutely. It's fantastic. All right, guys. All right, guys. We'll be back next Thursday with some more bowl locks. Uh, we'll be tweeting out our locks for basketball. We'll have all things basketball, bowl, and uh, maybe a couple of tidbits on the Sugar Bowl. Till then, see you guys.
March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.